What's up, everyone? It's 2 p.m. on a Wednesday afternoon, which means you're tuning in to Cannabis Legalization News. I'm producer Lauren, and today we're going to be speaking with Kurt Akers, co-founder and CEO of Canatopia.com. But first, we do have to get into a little bit of cannabis legalization news. So what happened this week, Miggy and Tom? Hey. Hey, how's it going? Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, I've, I've been kind of running around. I just got back from, let's see, you guys see that? Yeah, kind of. If I go, yeah. All right. Bob Carp's uh, giving a presentation right now over at um, the O'Hare or something or other, one of those convention centers, uh, going over all the application and the details therein for the Illinois one. Uh, so that's been kind of fun. Uh, Illinois answered those questions and it raises more questions, but you know, we're getting closer. And then, uh, you know, there's a whole bunch of crap that's still doing the fallout from the USDA rule that, that happened. And now the USDA. I haven't shared my screen yet. Now, what's going on in your end of the woods, Miggy? Well, yeah, no worries. I got a, a homegrow article coming out in uh, our local rag, uh, Weekly Weedly. It's a Tacoma uh, magazine. Uh-huh. And, uh, uh, you know, just uh, we're still battling that fight here. And uh, uh, my – so I got a question for you because of the USDA regs and you going through all this uh, uh, Chicago application. So you you're, you're got twice the <laughs> – twice the workload now because now you have new regulations that are coming out do you look haggard i mean yeah. is, is that what lawyering does to you with 160 pages uh well i work a lot but um it's it's a fast moving industry and so like you have to you have to keep keep going yeah so, uh, yeah man um see tech tech doesn't work that way you either turn that shit on and it works or it turns itself off no. you know, there ain't no sec regulations coming out to to, to fuck everybody at one time oh, come on the sec is going to regulate tech and privacy and all those data concerns that you guys have with that but no yeah it's um it's a grind man you have yeah. to keep getting up and, and i mean speaking of the grind i mean just like this recent uh, uh nypd freaking haul that happened yeah well, that, that, that happened, and I mean, that one, we can put the screen back up on that. That was just over the weekend. You know, a huge NYPD bus might just be legal hemp, and so is this really starting now? They think it's uh, 30 grand worth of legal hemp, 106 pounds worth of marijuana. So that's one of those things where how do they value what that was, right? Are they going to, like, yeah. try to do it uh, at street values of thousands per pound or whatever the, the actual – well, they said $30,000 of legal hemp. Man, is that what's going to be happening now that they've they've changed it? But then the uh, the USDA yesterday, and I haven't checked this one out yet. They just put out uh, some more clarification. They did a press release, oh. and they've got a new video that's out that explains its draft rules for hemp and the hemp rules that came out make the make the uh, industry a lot more regulated. So the states are going to have to approve their um, their local uh, you know hemp regulation. And it can't be any less onerous than what the feds have. So it's going to have a lot more hoops to jump through next year uh, when people, well, states like Illinois probably will because of the lack of hoops that we had this year is great. But uh, I haven't checked that one out. I'm going to, I'm going to be doing that later. They've yeah. out, uh, an informational video. And then Mexico, uh, Mexico kind of botched their deadline. Did you hear about that one? No. What happened there? Well, they're supposed to uh, vote it on uh, cannabis legalization, but uh, it kind of fell through. So then the court made its ruling on November 1st. And so now they, they didn't they didn't have that thing uh, done. So they've been given an extension until April 30th of 2020. So yeah, maybe, maybe it's because the cartels are trying to get their shit together first. I don't know. You think that, you know, how do the cartels brand their cannabis? I mean, it's just not this thing that I think 
would sell well. But well, I, I used to live in Tucson, dude, and Tucson was like the the the, the throttle, the bottleneck for uh, drugs coming into the United States, and uh, uh, cannabis, marijuana is the number one seller for them because most people are willing to put their safety at risk for just a pound or two, you know, saying, Hey, I will sell this opposed to like carrying meth or Coke or any other stuff, you know? So it's a big economy generator for the cartels. You'd be surprised, man. That does surprise me. I thought the cartels had gotten out of the cannabis game because it was no longer really profitable as the United States was growing high quality cannabis itself. It's still profitable, bro. I mean, states are still illegal. Hmm. Yeah, that's right. Illinois is still illegal. I mean, for another like eight weeks, Maybe yeah, well, Arizona's just medical, and that's that's still the gateway. You know, they were what fifty one percent, I believe. They in their the rules were like Florida's, where they had to be fifty five percent. No, they they passed it twice. They passed it like in ninety six, and then the they they did a ballot initiative on the heels of California. But the the government didn't didn't go for the ballot initiative, and they kind of screwed it, and they uh, killed it eventually. And then the next time it came up for a vote in two thousand and three, it missed. And then finally, when it came up for a vote again in like 2010, and then the medical uh, law for Arizona uh, went into effect there. But that's that's one of those things when you had the ballot initiatives as opposed to the legislative um, uh, change change that comes. It, it's got more chicanery that can be built in. Yeah, yeah. But well, and, and with the because they were up for recreational too, weren't they? I don't know if Arizona's ever tried to go for recreational, but I I could look in more to the Arizona laws, I guess. Well, because I think they came pretty close to recreation at one time. Yeah, maybe. No, no. I mean, uh, we came really close to recreational, and it's it's been really fun, like putting together all these teams for for stuff. I mean, this this haggard look. This is the look of uh, reading operating agreements for like you know six hours a day. And you're like, no, maybe no. And it, you know, it burns you out. No, I get it. That's what I was saying. I, 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 like for me, when I have to understand a new product, I have to read a, a, a manual that has big words in it, like uh, you know, harmonics and and, and you know, different uh, mathematical formulas that I have no fucking clue about. I just kind of guesstimate, like, all right, I think it's supposed to do something. Starting to educate people, yeah, but it was yeah. uh, great. And so I'll I'll read all these uh, applications that I'll get my hands on, and God you'll read more, and then you'll actually get to see it in practicality, which is going to be really really cool. Uh, nobody thinks that Arizona is close to wreck. So there we go. Maybe uh, if that's a ballot initiative state, maybe they'll have to do it by ballot initiative because that's how they got their medical uh, three times, you know, because it, it took that long before the uh, the legislature was ready for uh, the cannabis. Well, you know, the problem with Arizona, too, besides cartel self-interest is you have a lot of what people would call infighting. You know, there's all these different groups that are uh, some of them are friends with. You know, uh, Safer Arizona is one people. Uh, there's a couple other groups out there, but sometimes they have a uh, pissing contest about uh, verbiage or terminology. And so then um, are my bills better than your bill type stuff? It, yeah. It's kind of petty. On. That's, it's, I, I think it's called mere puffery. It's, it's part of branding. It's like, our shit's the best. Your shit's weak. Yeah. Deal with it. Come on, buy our shit. It's better. Well, it's like with the with Washington, with our lack of home grow, you know, people are like, we don't want to vote for this because it has DUI limits and no home grow, which I agreed with. But, uh, you know, the other argument is we just want to get something on the books. We're just trying to get our foot in the door and then we can start, you know, Seriously, fighting it there. Uh, you know what you should do? Uh, why don't you just do it straight as a tax? Be like, all right, let's introduce new language to the, to the legislature that says you want home grow. That's fine. Uh, you have to give us a harvest notice 
and then your harvest is going to be weighed, and then we'll we'll assess you so many tax. Bring your, I mean, like you treat it like a, you know how they have fishing contests and trophies and stuff. Yeah. Uh, you treat it like that. Be like, oh, I'm going to be harvested in a few days, bro. I'm going to. Uh, this is a monster of a plant. And then sure, you know, you could have the record for the weight or, or something, and then uh, you pay your tax, and then you go on your way. That's kind of a good idea. I mean, here in Washington, we just pulled a uh, with the recent uh, elections. Uh, we just pull this big tax car tax so we're about to lose 30 billion or some shit like that a year <laughs> well, it's a good thing that everybody moves there so somebody well how are you funding your government is it sales tax if it's not real estate tax what, what's it doing well I, you know i honestly don't know it's kind of silly dude the, the the place where bezos lives the richest neighborhood out here has uh school education issues as far as uh, funding like they're you're so wealthy that your money doesn't leak Right, they have all the money. I mean, so yeah. they, what do they need more money for? Is that is that just kind of like a mantra everywhere? It's like we need more money. I just don't think they 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 are so good at writing the rules that they make it so it passes them. Kind of like with uh, people like in the Panama Papers, you know, uh, you got people with money who are managed to to make it look like they don't have any. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they like to they like to be humble while they're all powerful. <laughs> they're, just, they're just like you and me. Oh, yeah. They have the opportunity to do whatever they want, more or less, you know, within ethical bounds. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I thought, but they they get to make all the rules, don't they? But uh, you get all the money. Bezos owns the uh, the papers, and well, then and then he also owns Alexa, and he also owns your shopping cart. So he, he knows he's owning what your guys are buying. And well, then, what's that? Oh, I was going to say, well, speaking of the rules, too, I mean, let's think about the social media rules. Oh, yeah, social media. I know, right? And that talk about the guys there that own, own you on that. I mean, like, this is this is a social media company called YouTube, but we're also on Facebook, which is the biggest publisher in the world. Right. Uh, where's that? Where's that going? I mean, like, uh, do you think that there's some type of problem with this, especially when it comes to trying to get the message out for uh, why uh, cannabis should be legalized and what the status of its uh, legalization efforts are? Let's talk about even just shadow betting. Hey, I got to go for a second. Oh, well, you have to go. This has been a, a wonderful introduction to our guests. Let's no, 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 we're good. Go ahead, go ahead. But like still, I mean, that we just introduced them pretty well because we're going to have them on to talk about these very issues. Yeah, Kurt, can you tell us a little bit about Canatopia? Hi, fellas. Yeah. Yeah, so Canatopia is a 21 over social platform for modern cannabis consumers, cannabis businesses, and cannabis brands uh, where we're really trying to solve the problem where most cannabis consumers generally don't want to be on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, sharing their cannabis experiences uh, across the country, depending on what your comfortability levels are. And then just tons of cannabis business brands always get shut down on Facebook, content deleted off YouTube, Instagram accounts deleted. So we're coming in to try and solve those two problems for both consumers and businesses. Cool. So uh, what type of platform is it? Uh, Web-based platform right now. Uh, we launched at the end of uh, 2017 with our MVP version, spent most of 2018 identifying our consumer base, what they were like, what the features they were interacting with. And then uh, we've been working on a pretty big iteration of that uh, with those consumers uh, throughout 2019. Hey, Kurt, we were talking earlier, your um, uh, base right now is mostly Chicago in that platform, right? Yep, yep. Chicago-based. Uh, we wanted to stay here because we thought Chicago had a lot of opportunity when it went towards recreational, but also with the medical program that we were pretty involved with and seeing how that developed. And we wanted to stay here and give a place because we have roots here. How? So I, I signed up for your platform 
but it wasn't very uh, friendly for me to navigate. You mm-hmm. know, at this at this point, I'm old and I just like things when click and shit. Yeah. Um, but oh. how do how do I see like? It, how do I see other people? How do I find other people? Or do I have to just create my own network by inviting everybody in that platform? So the initial, when we released the MVP version, we wanted people to try and in, interact by uh, inviting other people or interact through features like the guides and recommendations we created. That was one of the things we kind of learned early on is that more people wanted to interact right away with other people just within the platform rather than friends off the platform. So in the version that we we're working on right now, we have a groups area specifically where people can join all different types of new groups. This was modeled out after the Facebook group problem where people were getting Facebook groups shut down all the time. A handful of our friends run some of the top uh, Facebook groups here in Illinois, Maryland, Ohio, Pennsylvania. And so they had to keep migrating over and over all their user bases. And so that's one thing that we're working on right now, trying to solve that. Awesome. Can you give us like a use case scenario? So one of your users would use your platform, how? Uh, a couple different reasons. One, it depends on their comfort level around cannabis. Uh, it's not like California, but a place like Chicago, for example, where you may be an accountant, account executive downtown Chicago that uh, doesn't want maybe everybody in your company knowing what you're using. So you can't use Facebook, can't use Instagram, informational purposes, uh, group purposes, all that kind of stuff. Um, and they so they want to go to our platform to either share those kinds of experiences uh, either just by a username, think Reddit, for example, um, and then just have more cannabis-specific information. Illinois is not as advanced as a California or Washington for uh, cannabis culture. Um, so there's a lot of new people out there or people that want to interact, but they don't know where to go or have that kind of comfort level. You guys are kind of like a, creating a safe space pretty much as far as like it's cannabis-specific. If I want to go into a cannabis platform, and then, oh, look, so that was my issue really is I wanted to see like a feed of like um, what other people were saying. Is yep. what I was trying to. Say. Yeah, exactly. And that again, that's another feature we're working on right now, too. It's called our community feed. So you'll be able to see all these new users that come into the platform, what they're posting, what they're about or what groups they may be joining within the Canatopia platform. Interesting. So can they like promote uh, various stuff that they're doing or, uh, or or what types of uh posts would i be making if i was in the platform yeah so you can make video posts you can make group posts you can make uh recommendations so you can make gear recommendations strain recommendation product recommendations uh, you can create how-to guides travel guides recipe guides things like that and share them so and then uh we also have another feature called our canal log so it's a place where you can track your experiences that you're having um the medical people especially within our platform they really gravitated towards that feature a lot because they want to know what strains are using the products, the details and the dosages. So kind of where people used to keep strain journals, they now can use that in a digital environment and then bring it into a dispensary. Yeah. That catalog option, I think is a good uh, uh, emphasis for you to, for you to do. Cause I, when people ask, you know, like what's a good strain or what's good for my back. And honestly, I, I just give them a blank face and be like, look, you have to, you have to experience it for Try yourself. Man. It's right. Trial and error, and everybody has a different, you know, different products, different states, different industries, and they're all, you know, we wanted to try and create one universal system where they can use it at their discretion with whatever was happening in their, either their lives or their state, what products that were available to them. So, so what problem, like, uh, is your is your app, or, you know, your piece of software solving? That's usually, you know, the the question that I always ask when I when I see a new uh, business model. I was like, all right, well. 
usually business models solve an issue or a problem. Yep. How does your, your uh, web solution solve something? So it's, it's twofold. So one for the co the modern cannabis consumer or a medical patient, they're able to have that safe environment to interact with other people like themselves. Uh, and then for the business and brands, we're working on the social media crux issue where people continuously get their business accounts shut down on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube content, uh, content creators get their content deleted all the time. And so we want to solve that problem for them but then give them an environment where they can easily get in front of consumers who matter most to them, which are those medical cams consumers or modern cams consumers. So we use that technology by where they can create uh, their own, uh, you know, their own profiles. They don't have to worry about getting them shut down. And then we're creating a set of features for them to help them get more advertising and marketing related. Oh, definitely need a social media platform. Tom can tell you, I had a 10 year Facebook account deleted. <laughs> oh, Ours haven't been deleted yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they will, they, they could happen. It's, 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 that's the problem. You have that gray area with, with no understanding what, what days, when things going to happen. It, it, am I going to have an Instagram account? Am I going to, well, what's going to, it's that uncertainty. And a lot of the big companies, they don't want to be able to have that. So people have to have three, four, five Facebook accounts or Instagram handles to try and, you know, prepare in advance of those problems. Yeah, and you have no rights. You lose it, you're done. I, yeah. I, I've gotten several just blanket emails, you know, yeah. like, thank you, Autobot. By yeah. Yeah. terms of service, this was okay with you. What? what? Ah. <laughs> that was okay with me, was it? You said yeah. so. Otherwise, we wouldn't have allowed you to have the account, sir. Yeah. And Are so you the, biggest, the biggest problem we saw for the users on those platforms again, this is more focused on that modern user or medical users was related to Facebook groups. So when they would join a group, you know, that may have 30,000, 40,000 people, part of that. And they felt like they had some environment where they were like connected with people. Right. And then all of a sudden that group got shut down. This was the biggest problem we've noticed over the last year for at least the user side um, is that they just all of a sudden one day didn't have a place to go that they were already ingrained in. And so we want to make sure we're providing that for them too. Yeah, and that's and kind of a big problem. Sure, and the shadow ban is definitely a real thing in social media. Why yeah. do you think they do that shadow ban? What's that? Why do you think they do the shadow ban? Why does social media have such a problem with cannabis thing? Well, especially with Facebook, it's got to be weird because they started out with 420 characters. Facebook did? Yeah, that was the uh, the max limit of the uh, of the uh, post. If no one remembers, uh, mm -hmm. I, I, yeah. I think they even had that number there. They had the number there too. Yeah, but you know the the uh, uh, shit, man. The shadow ban thing. The only reason why at first I was like, yeah, that's not really a thing, but uh, I can prove and know it is a thing because I used to Google the words or not Google Facebook, whatever you want to call it, search in the Facebook engine, uh, cannabis and marijuana, and I would pop up with all these various uh, posts of like arrest uh, from police departments bragging about whatever arrest they had, and that's my opportunity to go trolling the police and, and, and kind of sharing it and let it be known that these guys are bragging about a 10 grand bust or whatever. And uh, yeah. one day it just stopped doing that. I couldn't find any posts about cannabis or marijuana. That sucks, man, because I love that picture of those cops that think they're all like bad shit. They, they, they need to stop taking trophy pictures of cannabis when they pull it over. It's not a trophy, especially when it's hemp like that. And it was, a, it looks like it may have been a legitimate shipment. But, you know, that's one of the things, you know, uh, after you get done harvesting that hemp, you do kind of want to have a picture with it. It is like catching a fish. 
You're like, yeah. <laughs> and so I understand the cops' mentality by them taking those pictures. It's like, look what I did. You know, I stopped this. But I, I just think it's terrible that that's a thing that people take pride in, you know, in catching and then, or like just having that stuff and showing it off. Crazy. Well, well saving nobody. I mean, who, who did you help that day? But but why do you think Facebook has this problem? And like it's all social media. There's shadow bans basically everywhere. I mean, uh, when we started blowing up on Facebook back when you started sharing those dank memes, like in 2014 or something, uh, that Facebook page like blew up from like 10,000 to 300,000 in like a couple of months. And then it was just yeah, yeah. Just and I think each person has a, a different experience, like the algorithm, or you want to call it kind of tailors itself to like, hey, this guy searches for weed a lot. Let's stop that. Like, you know, I noticed like how I see, because uh, I don't even use the app no more. I just go to the website mm -hmm. and I know it looks different than the actual app. None of this shit's cohesive. And, you know, we're all a part of just somebody's experiment. But to have a nice platform, a safe space, that that's where it's at. I mean, the fact that you're focused on Chicago, I think it's a great. What's the population of Chicago? Like within a million, right? Two, over, just over two million sit in the city area, but mo yeah, majority Chica the Chicago land area, which is like sixty-two population, which is twelve point seven million. Yeah, this is what happens when they do a bifurcation according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics for the allocation of the numbers of licenses. You mm -hmm. learn it like this. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's a great market right there, just for uh, just as, being that you guys are about to step into recreational. Yeah, there's like five million people in the area. Yeah. Yep. You highlighting the medical shops there, Kurt? Yeah. So uh, we have a handful of dispensaries that have joined the platform from our business side. We're still on a, a beta version for the business. So we do invite only for that right now. Uh, and then we done brought on a handful of brands as well to see how they want to operate and how they want to interact with uh, the platform too. So. What about farms? I mean, everybody likes weed porn. <laughs> Far, like cult cultivation farms, you mean? Yeah. I think it's a little, uh, for us, it's a little different at this point because it's not like what you, you have the cultivations here in Chicago, right? You have Cresco, GTI, they're just more single orientated, big, big farms right now, you could call them big cultivation centers versus the more niche, smaller environment that you may see in Washington, Oregon, California. I think that will change in this next 2021, though. There will be 40 licenses handed out next yep. summer. And so those guys will start putting in crops, hopefully, by the it's going to be a little early, but hopefully by January 1st of 2021, we have some new cannabis, uh, some craft cannabis providers in the state that are going to put out some awesome shit. Yeah. yeah. But Illinois yeah. is kind of really focused with, I mean, right now, kind of the multi-state operators have really taken over Illinois, whether it's MedMen, uh, GTI, Cresco, uh, a lot of those guys. So, yeah. Damn. I didn't realize that the corporate weed is already there when it was medical. Oh, yeah. The corporate so is huge. And then yeah. They built in these incubator things into the law, so a lot of them are now partnering up with some some new players, and but they get locked out, so they can only have like ten licenses. But now they're going to have these affiliations, these incubators that are out there. And you know they're going to love to put Cresco on their shelves. Yep. Damn. Yeah. Kurt, what else uh, are you are you preparing anything for the recreational scene? Um, it's kind of twofold. So. It, 
at least with our platform, it's it's for recreational consumers, medical consumers, both of them together. Um, it's just we want to provide the environment for them, and they'll navigate towards whatever features that they're more into. So for our group's feature, for example, there'll be an Illinois medical focus group. There'll be an adult recreational group. Um, there's groups that people can create on their own. Uh, so it kind of just depends on where each of them lie. Our goal is not to tell people, you know, it's just for these people. Um, it's yeah. more all-encompassing. Well, I really all use is medical use. Yeah. I mean, and that's where a lot, a lot of people are, you know, yeah. for example, so my brother's uh, an epileptic. So a, lo a lot of why I got involved in the, in the cannabis space seven years ago was for him and the experiences I had. Um, but he was both a, you know, recreational consumer and an epileptic consumer, medical consumer. So it's like where that's how most people are. His is just more specific to epilepsy. But what yeah. about the people that are doing it for wellness or people that have sleeping problems? It's, it's kind of the same thing. Where do you fit? Well, that's the thing that you hear all the time, but it's illegal to do any research and look at these anecdotes that are out there that you hear people of how it positively changed their lives. But for the past forever, decades, you've it's been illegal to study any benefit for this plant. Yeah. Now, to have safe access to it where it was grown under the appropriate circumstances like Cresco can grow its flowers today, uh, that type of stuff. So as more and more people get familiar with it and more in the stigma continues to decline, especially in the medical fields, uh, then the the plant will probably really sweep over the, uh, the rest of the country. I mean, if we can get schedule one knocked out in the next five years, that would be awesome. Yeah, it'd be incredible. Yeah, well, in the wellness conversation gets lost sometimes in advocates too. Like even myself for, for years, I'm just preaching like, ah, it's just the right thing to do. And then I find myself in a dry spell without a week. I'm like, ah, shit, my back hurts, my knees hurt. What the fuck is going on? And, you know, you, you pick it up again and you're like, okay, now I know there's a, a balance there that, that kind of, kind of like tea. I, I tell my kids, I'm like, it's just like vitamin C. It's like, you know what scurvy is? All right. Well, I'm trying to prevent scurvy, but with THC. <laughs> yeah. I don't think scurvy is helped by THC. I thought that was vitamin C, but you know, there's a oh, lot of oranges. Yeah, yeah. Oranges. Oranges. But let me just say the wellness part of it is an aspect that we 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 kind of you know it, it fights cancer. You know, the endocannabinoid system is involved in your nervous system and your bone structure. I mean, there's so many, people are like I think more overwhelmed by like no way this could be such a an awesome thing if it's illegal, and now you got to go into the conversation. Well, why it's illegal? <laughs> yeah. The answer. <laughs> Racism, which is terrible. And then, you know, they don't teach them that. So, like, uh, this, this cannabis stuff is so cool. Wouldn't it be great if they taught this in, like, med school or something, you know, so people would know about this? Yeah, right. Or, like, when did you learn about this? Oh, there's a patent from 1940 and also another patent from 1913 or some shit like that. I uh, know. The 1940s when we isolated cannabidiol and the patent was from, like, 19... It just most recently, it's a, it's about to expire. Sixty six thirty five oh seven. I want to say it was like two thousand and one. Like uh, cannabis is antioxidants and neuroprotectants. Mm. Yeah, but aren't those based on owned by the government? Is that the one that's owned by oh, the yeah. government? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. But aren't those also based on other patents from like I believe before they cited, they cited the the paper from the Chemical Journal from whatever from nineteen forty that had yeah. the ice CBD. Yeah. I just think it's wild that we've known the the the, the beneficial factors of this, yet tobacco yeah. and beer. 
you're irregular. You're not some lately normal person that just cares about, you know, his lawn and stuff. And then so <laughs> because of that, I think a lot of people just don't even look at it because it's illegal. They're just like, nope. Mm-mm. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Are you a consumer then? I mean, being in the space, do you consume as well? I, I'm actually not a consumer. So I do use uh, CBD related products. Uh, but for me, I'm more on that wellness aspect as a division one athlete. So for me, it was more focusing on anything that's wellness orientated. And I gravitated more towards the CBD side of things. Sure. Um, but for me, a lot of it just stemmed from my brother and his actual medical condition and epilepsy and being somebody from a non-consumption side, trying to understand where this benefit was come. I mean, my brother was loaded up on five different medications, taking 25 pills a day. So he was a, turned into a zombie. Um, and you're like, can't take another pill for nausea or some other side effect he's having. He needs relief in a different way. Uh, and so that's kind of where my mind went to and trying to research and find as much evidence to support that as possible. So what was, your, what was your athlete, man? So you you said you're a division. Yeah, uh, I played ice hockey. Ice hockey. Where'd yeah. you go to school? Where I go to school? Yeah. Uh, Niagara University in New York, hockey school up there. That does sound like a hockey school if you're in yeah. Niagara University. Yeah, right by Buffalo. So. Oh, awesome. So I have oh, my awesome. fair, fair share of injuries, and then, you know, obviously with testing rules, you're subject to certain things that you cannot do. So. Like do you because some of some of the people that are as cocky as a high intensity, yep. you know, aggressive, concussion based, broken yep. bones, injury prone. Do you think that cannabis, uh, CBD or THC would be able to help with the uh, the trauma that they, they might go through with their concussions and the pain that they might go from beating their bodies up? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely do. I mean, I had friends that were consumers. Um before games, after games, because they would get hit. And what are you going to take another, you know, medication? Yeah. I mean, you don't really have too many alternatives and some people just like to try and use cannabis, but it's, you know, it's a touchy area in sports, especially when there's testing or regulations that. You think that's entirely only because it's a schedule one substance. So like if that was removed, then it would be like, they aren't screening them for alcohol, are they? No, no, no. I didn't think they were screening them for alcohol. I'm just kind of asking, you know, because that's, yeah. that's but yeah, I, I'm totally with you. I think that's really cool, man. Being at Canada legalized, yeah. what's the NHL stance on hockey or on cannabis now that we know? They they are looking into it more specifically. Um, that's kind of all that's out there. So yeah. right now, it's basketball. They're they're actually uh, considering it, right? So one, one somebody said, "Hey, we're okay with the CBD portions of it." Uh, that's uh, Rob Gronk- Gronkowski in the yeah. NFL said he would come back to the NFL if the NFL said it was okay. At least yeah. on the TV side. He's affiliated with a company. So when yep. you go to these trade shows in the cannabis industry, you'll, be, you'll see this big cutout of Gronk, you know, just like with his football and all the CBD pills. And you're like, all right, yeah, keeping them in the news. I love it, man. Yeah. Well, it's relevant no matter what, right? It's about the wealth or health, uh, wellness. Yeah. I mean, when you have the medical side, the health and wellness side, and you have the recreational side, they, they all overlap in some degree, but I, everybody's going to have a different kind of area that they latch onto. So when your brother uh, lights up, is he like, this one's for epilepsy or is this one's for Friday? <laughs> no. So he, I mean, he went, th- we went through the whole gamut. I mean, anything from tinctures to capsules, to flour, to vaping, to 
you know, all the edibles. Um, and he just went back to flower and he just found different strains that were helping for medications relief. So for him, where he gets the ben- the most benefit, his, his epilepsy was brought on by a traumatic brain injury he had. So for him, it's all on the medication relief and side effects side, not necessarily stopping his epilepsy, although there it could be helping there. We don't know, right? It um, is a protector and according to a patent that the government has. Yeah, right. Exactly. And so, but the benefit that he's, we actually antigenally see on a daily basis is on the medication relief side, uh, nausea, stimulating appetite, helping with weight fluctuations, uh, anxiety portion. Mm. So well, I'd imagine too, it also helps with like decompression, just like with glaucoma, you know, it, yep. it, so it, you maintain that you can't just smoke when it automatically happens. You, do you know why? Like, uh, why does it make your eyes red? Smoke. Yeah. The smoke. No, I don't think it's the smoke. It's something that's in the smoke. What? Why? Why do your eyes? This is okay. Once again, I'm going to put a disclaimer on this. I think this is true. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be rougher than a lawyer because, see, I can talk shit no matter what. I'd be like, this is not advice. <laughs> okay, okay. This is what I think. It's a vasodilator, right? So that's one of the reasons why they say, oh, it's good for asthma because it will open up your vessels, right? Yeah. So if you open up your vessels, which are tiny in your in your uh, eyes, wouldn't they get red? That makes sense. Then they, all right. Yeah. Maybe yeah. that's true. I'm not yeah. sure. I'm but- not as an asthmatic, I can attest that it does help me breathe sometimes, you know, and that's the other thing is like with your catalog, um, even as a uh, continuous smoker, uh, I don't, some strains help me breathe better than others. I couldn't tell you which ones I, cause I see that I have that strain. I smoke it. I'm like, Oh, this is a good one. Well, if I find myself in the store again, I didn't bring the fucking jar with me. I don't remember what the fucking name was. I'll just yeah. get the next cheap thing again. Yeah. Yeah, exa- exactly. Um, yeah. And so, I mean, one of the other, re- I mean, one of the big reasons we see it too is, so my co-founder, the reason she's so interested in the catalog feature that we have and uses it is because she, she hates certain products. She hates certain strains and she's like, I never, ever want to touch that again. So she keeps it. She actually uses a log to track the one she hates and never wants to look at again. Yeah. That's yeah. one of the night. That's a first world problem right there. I know. Yeah. Selection is so excellent. You you have some you crossed off the nope. Just yeah. like I remember back in my day, we'd have to pick seeds and sometimes smoke these painful joints. <laughs> I'm just gonna put this down. Dude, I, don't time. I, I I don't re- uh, miss having to buy a quarter pound and being stuck with that same quarter pound for a month until no. I can get. <laughs> that's a lot. That's a lot to go through too. Not if you're a consumer. I mean, you know, there's different. Again, uh, people who are really sick, you know, when I realized that this was really medicine, when we had a farmer's market atmosphere out here and uh, there was a lot of open consumption in these markets, uh, mm-hmm. just smoking, dab, whatever. Uh, there was this market that happened out here in this place called Black Diamond. It was a beautiful out in the country, um, had a, a like a greenhouse where all the vending was happening, but you couldn't smoke in there because the smoke actually bothered a lot of people. Uh, you know, these people all consume edibles. You could dab in there because that vape was, you know, dispersed by, by the time they were done, but you couldn't smoke flour. Um, you know, we all have our personal preferences. Again, we're like snowflakes. Each one of us fucking different, man. Uh, yeah. yeah, we're all unique and special. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe these places will need to have some type of exhaust fan. I have no idea. Well, that'd be bound to happen, dude. 
I mean, people are going to complain. And you're going to work around your your customer base. Yeah, you know? Small dream. Go with me here. All right. So I walk into a place where it's legal to publicly consume cannabis without fear. All right. And and you could walk by a table where people are smoking something, and you walk by another table, and you'd be like, "Oh, what is that?" You know. And like, so you'd be able to get uh, smells of different cannabis in use, and then gravitate and, and find yours that's out there that's that's for you and then of course you could also mark off the ones that are not are not suiting you like uh with the with the uh web app right yeah that'd be total yeah well have you seen that consumption space in california that just opened up no but it was i heard about that one oh, a my God. Role, right yeah let me find a video on that one that was amazing so reason reason magazine reason website whatever they are uh they did a video on that it was, it was pretty awesome Let's see. Cannabis Lounge. Hmm. Cannabis Lounge. On-site cannabis consumption, as they call hmm. it. There we go. Oops. I wonder what some of these companies are going to be called. That's one of the things that I think about when I'm helping some teams go together and then also knowing that there's going to be thousands of this application in there. You know? Well, you know, the thing was, like with the word bud tender, when it was medical here, they were actually bud tenders because they help select the buds out of these jars and, you know, help the wafe and terpenes. Now here in Washington State, everything's in plastic containers, and they're like, here you go, you know, bro. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's got the highest THC levels on it, man. Yeah, that's the problem. Everybody's always clocking that THC levels because they know it drives sales. And they're like, man, we got to make some money. Let's sell this stuff. What was the THC levels? What a uh, an ignorant consumer base, you know, and with an app like uh, or a website like Kirk's, you can, uh, uh, you know, educate yourself. You know, yeah. do you guys offer a lot of educational? Uh, what do you What are you doing to help enlighten people as far as the feeds go uh, in your sections? So, well, again, the two new two other features that we'll be releasing are news related, so they'll be covering opportunities for news related companies and education services to get their content out there. Um, and then the group specifically, again, is one that we're looking towards where uh, advocacy oriented groups and education groups can create a following and have their following of people to uh, get their content out there. Uh, one thing related to your, you know, the packaging that you were talking about within Washington, one of the one ideas we toyed around with for a while were smell guides uh, for the people that didn't want, you know, couldn't touch the product, couldn't smell their cannabis anymore. Uh, we, we, we toy around a little bit with uh, creating a feature for smell guides and people that, that can get a better understanding before they get to their products. Well, you know, something like that, it would definitely be uh, like the terpenes is what you want yeah. to base it off of. Oh, one second. Terpenes. There's proof yeah. for those now. Tom, can you stream a video at the same time that we're doing this? This is the video of the uh, the cannabis lounge here in San Francisco. Oh, okay. Do you want to share your screen? Me? No, I. I yeah, you, you want me to do that? I'll fuck it up, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it if you wanted to. That's all. <laughs> all right. You sent me a link. Is that what you said? Yeah, it's right here in the uh, the private chat thingy. All right. Well, if this if this uh, fails, I want you to know it's your fault. Hey, I still love you. Just it works. Or not? <laughs> Still in the middle of something. Okay. Is it loading? Check that out. Yeah. You're welcome. You with the man, dude. So yeah, that's the future right there, buddy. This is the future, yeah. right here, man. And maybe kind of like by and just be like, oh my gosh, what is that lovely smell? Oh, 
I'm going to have to pick up an ounce of that. Yeah. Well, go ahead, Kurt. Sorry, I, I, I think I think in Illinois, there's you know there is no provision that says people can't open up a smoke shop here or a, a lounge here. Yeah, they allow it on site. Yeah. It is allowed, but they give it to the municipality how they're going to regulate it. And so, yeah. hey, shout out to exactly, yeah. shout out to Rock Island that has actually passed a zoning air, uh, plan that includes on site consumption. So that's nice. like, I, like whenever I have somebody, it's like, oh, how are we going to do this? I'm like, we should check out what Rock Island did, and then uh, do that. Yeah. So, Tom, do you have any clients that are trying to open cannabis lounges yet? Not cannabis. Well, you'll get a lot of calls about it. So, like, you'll get people that are calling that that want that business model, and I'm like, yeah, bro, here's the problem. Uh, well, how much do you want to like go on offense and draft uh, a ordinance and then propose that to somewhere, and then will Chicago do that? I don't freaking know. Because I'm assuming that the politics in that city are going to be insane. But when you have smaller communities like a Rock Island, for example, or a Peoria, then maybe you'd have uh, a better shot at getting something legitimate done. But what if somebody from Rock Island comes to you? Would you be able to represent them? Sure. I just think that'd be dope. Mm -hmm. You you would think that the, a lot of the hookah operators or people that already have you know a smoking related kind of consumption place would Cigar. have. Yeah, cigars would have the most, you know, interest in that, you know, possibly. Yeah, a little BYOB policy. Yeah. Well, Chicago's got that whole prohibition history, so I mean, yeah, you gotta come through, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's going to be interesting to say the least, but um, I know that it's just going to take one moron to like stumble into traffic, and everything goes back in the closet. Just put it back in the box. Arrest everybody. Yeah. (laughs) Never happen again. Yeah. Yeah, well, that was a big fear, right? In Colorado, you know, a couple people uh, had uh, incidences, but mostly because of mixing medications. So, I mean, clean or something. They're doing a whole bunch of Xanax and weed. Yeah. yeah. I just, you know, marijuana has yet to kill anybody. I think we're safe. You know, if I were to invest some money in a business as far as like a space, it would be a cannabis one. Uh, Between all the events I've attended and all the parties and sessions, whatever. Pure cannabis, no matter how much extract or how much many, no one's died. I've watched. Yeah, I would just watch out for the uh, uninitiated. So, like, you just have to watch out for the people that don't know what they're doing. Oh, I don't have to pass out. Give us, you know, (laughs) their sport strong enough. Kurt, do you go go? Do you go to events promoting uh, Cantopia? Uh, yeah, so we I used to actually run Canatech Chicago here with the CIO of Cresco. So we ran that out of the tech incubator part of in Chicago. So we do meetup groups every month. Um, we don't do as many events right now uh, just because we're pretty lean on what we're doing. So we, I was just at Bazinga's Capital Conference here in Chicago, a couple other places, but we kind of we kind of just stay local right now. Not too much travel. I used to go. So I used to go out to a lot of different events, right? So 2012's Marijuana Business Daily Conference, very first one. So I've been around the space for a while. I've been a lot in Seattle and uh, what was it? Hemp, uh, what's it called? Oh, Hempfest, yeah. Hemp, yeah. Yeah, and a handful of those. Um, same thing. Just a oh, random random events, I would say. I was at the Bazinga event. Did you uh, have a booth there? No, no. Just in, so, no, just personally there uh, with a couple other people. Cool. I'm not sure if I ran into you. There's a lot of people there. Yeah. Good. There is. There's a lot of people. So, but the reason why I ask, I, I just think like like in your platform, uh, you 
kind of miss an opportunity when you do have, which, like you said, the space, the canvas space, but there's also the canvas culture, you know, as far as, uh, and I don't know Chicago's canvas culture. That's somebody who uh, is a patient and uh, has been going to these sessions and and just being involved all the time. You know, they're out here in Washington, our, our, our canvas culture, when it was medical was, was pretty huge. And, uh, the, the things I did have an opportunity to see and attend were pretty amazing, but it was way bigger than anything I even had a chance. I, I just even saw a drop of it. There was all over the state things were going on at that time. Yeah. And I imagine the same things happening over there in Illinois right now. Yeah. It's a little bit more, it's a little bit quieter compared to a Washington, California, Oregon, uh, to say the least. So like when I ran Canatech Chicago, you know, we would, we, we wanted to do technology and cannabis to start off, but it gravitated towards more just general cannabis interest. So we had about a thousand people, part of that, about a hundred people a month in our monthly meetups. Um, and it just became more broad than more specific, just because people just didn't know where to start, who was involved in the space, what they wanted to talk about, all that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. So that is one thing. I mean, like, they're, they could use some more cannabis culturing uh, up here. I, yeah. Joints with in Chicago, seriously. Yeah, you'll have to go to uh, 420 Waldo's Fest. is put on by Dispensary 33 and a handful of the operators and other dispensaries. Uh, we participate in that. Uh, it's a good little space. But I'd say that's one of the more unique cannabis cultural events in Chicago. I, yeah. I think it's really kind of exciting that over the next, you know, three months, you know, that's it. We're going to start having all these new scenes where you can have people buying, consuming weed. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, Tom had his mind blown when he came to Hempfest and saw just open consumption and uh, dabs. Yeah. Yeah, it's it huge. Hempfest is huge. Yeah. 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 That was the first dab I ever did, man. A mile and a half of just pot consumption. It's one of the best events I think ever. Yeah. I love the way that you described the end of Hempfest. It's kind of a bummer. Uh, everybody just kind of packs up and goes home. Anticlimactic. Anticlimactic <laughs> because no alcohol is served. No one's drunk. Everybody's a little high, and they've had dry mouths, so they're fully hydrated, and then they just go home. It's great. Yeah, it was like Oktoberfest. You know, there'd be all kinds of incidents, fights. Mm. That's why. Yeah. Yeah, I think it'll be a long, a long time before you see a, a hemp fest style thing here in Chicago. At least on that. Scale. Oh, wait a minute. Do it. Come on. I mean, it'd be amazing. It'd be amazing. But on that scale, I mean, I think it'd be. I think you underestimate the Northeast, bro. I mean, with, with hash bash and uh, hash bash yeah. for a number of joints smoked at once, something like that. You know, just some chicanery record where it's like, look, Chicago, yeah. we're all gonna be rolling joints at this particular time. Yeah. That's 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 a thing. Culture is about stupid shit. It's like, all right, we're all gonna go to here at this one space and light up. Like right. that sounds. I mean, it sounds cool. Then you do it. And you're like, this is kind of boring as fuck. We're just standing here smoking a joint. Right. <laughs> right. I guess they, you know, in Chicago, they're gonna go to Buckingham Fountain. Would be my only, you know. Where, where would, it's not yeah, Daily Park. Who knows? Yeah. Like New Beach. Yeah, the beach. Beach is pretty cool. Yeah. You just gotta find that one rebel. I don't does does even Chicago have a, a cannabis activist or somebody that stands out in your guys' area? Gonna need to take some notes on that one. Get back to you. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, Normal's been active. The you know Normal organization. Yeah. Um, it's, more, it's more organization industry based. 
mm. here than, you know, just straight up individuals. Obviously, guy, you know, from the state legislator side, whether it's Kelly Cassidy or Heather Staines or Bob Morgan, like obviously those guys are, you know, um, very, very, very active. So that makes sense. So you guys are more like mafia controlled. Well, that's. <laughs> I wouldn't go. I wouldn't go that far. Everybody's like, I wouldn't go that far. I mean, everybody's like responsible, pretty responsible here, at least from my experience. Yeah, I'm just saying, just to get shit done, it took the legislators and people a uh, power to, to initiate it. Whereas in all the other states, it's uh, you know a bunch of dirty hippies getting signatures and uh, you know passing just it's medical. Signature. Imagine if the dirty hippies couldn't get signatures. Well, right. Illinois. <laughs> that's terrible dude yes, that's why it was passed legislatively that's why it's you know going to help all these new social equity businesses be created it's going to make a lot of money for a lot of people uh, I, I like the way they set it up I wish it was a little bit more liberal but give it time we're getting there did you see Ohio three cities passed measures to uh, decriminalize it that's good Ohio's policy you know that would be another big get you know, because they're already medical and they've been medical for a bit. So they might be right to go. Well, it would depend. I, I would have to see if they have to do it legislatively or if they have to do a ballot initiative. I, I just think slowly we're, we're turning over to the common sense. You know, it's just like now what uh, this whole uh, Republican forward thing. And then Trump killed his party because what yesterday, Kentucky and, uh, uh, you know, all these other states that were supposed to be always been in the red. Which I don't care if it's red or blue. Oh, you know, it's all about Americans. Just fucking go forward. Hey, uh, uh, bring me up to speed on the elections. I kind of missed that last night. Oh, he they lost a couple of houses. Uh, uh, the uh, governor, the, the one that he was at the. Uh, what's that? Who's they? Uh, Republicans. <laughs> well, again, I don't care. I mean, I just okay. I don't. The, the, the platform of like telling people what to do is what bothers me, right? Like you can't have an abortion. You know, my God. Freedom. Yeah. Um, hang on a second there, buddy. Haven't you heard about the Lord? Can't but, yeah. but I think Americans are becoming more common sense based. We're realizing that everybody, uh, we're pretty much getting fed shit all the time. I mean, we, it, the Cambridge Analytics proved that we can be manipulated through Facebook. Mm -hmm. That's why I think it's good to have alternative platforms to jump to to help spread your measures. Tom, when you and I first started coming out is when fucking uh, uh, Alex Jones and Infowars started, dude. Like, yeah. you know, when the internet was brand new. You know, because that was a safe space for people to share things that weren't going to be censored. Yeah. <laughs> Just saying, we were coming up when the internet was brand new. People were swayed real quick. Everybody clings to their whatever beliefs. And then then you realize, like, oh, man, that person's full of shit. I mean, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, but you by know, how much money have you already given them? Right. But I'm just saying, when the guy talks about gay frogs, we're going to, you know, America, who got, they're turning into gay frogs. You got to watch out. I mean, it's, you got to just... Huh? It was entertaining. Yeah, that is what it is. Just like goddamn, uh, uh, who's the Fox guy? Hannity. I mean, people think he's a fucking uh, reporter. He's straight up uh, entertainment. That's what he's labeled as. Like that's a thing. Uh, but it's just a matter. I think who people believe things. Huh? Your platform. Are you going to be taking ads? Is that? Are you going to eventually have to kowtow to the almighty dollar as well to be able to deliver your message? Kind of. Yeah. So the way we've done is we're doing through sponsored posts. So companies that can create sponsored opportunities within the platform. Uh, we messed around with a revenue model of upgrade subscriptions for business and brands and additional features. Uh, but mainly it's going to come through sponsorships. So are you gearing towards strictly K 
cannabis companies for that sponsorship. Because I think one of the things that I've been trying to do, which I till one day I get the million dollar following or million people following, mm. is I think it'd be great to have like a Taco Bell or a Jack in a Box, yep. like advertise directly on or sponsor a cannabis type person. Know your fucking audience, Taco Bell. That's right. just right. I mean, we, we've had companies outside the cannabis space approach us all the way from consumer beverages to uh, other tech companies to uh, travel companies. An interesting one, travel companies and travel agencies. And so we've just been keeping yeah. a, running, a running list of these companies and industries that want to be involved in the space. They're just looking for more niche marketing opportunities. That's great, man. That's great. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna monetize it. And allow those people to come on and use the platform to their benefits. One of the reasons why we've uh, organized the, the the podcast that we do here. I actually built the sponsorship page. Mm. Like, oh, sponsor an episode? Yeah, go to the page. Tell yeah. you how to come on the show, and then it asks for a moderate three hundred dollars fee. Yeah, you have to. I mean, we, right now this is a gold mine, right? Like when I first started writing and about cannabis, it was only High Times and like two other websites. And, 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 you know, yeah. the, the media space, the fact that social media fucking crunches against cannabis ads, you know, Tom can't promote, we can't boost any ads. Yep. Uh, to do though for our next uh, website is like, Hey everybody, come visit us soon at cannabislegalizationnews.com. Uh, Miggy is going to be the editor in chief. And then uh, we should have a submission process to, so you can really easily guest blog your thing about the local news of your day and then, you know, treat it like a medium or something like that, you know, again, yeah. uh, uh, with the right types of linking conventions and like, you know, structuring it a specific way for SEO purposes, we would get mad traffic. Yeah. Mad. That's a, when, when it comes to the mo like mobile apps. So like for us, what makes it, what makes it difficult is a lot of those features are, you know, things you want to do to monetize can be very difficult to get accepted into the Apple store. So, you know, if you have payment processing or you have, you know, checkout carts or whatnot, it can be difficult for Apple to accept it. I would play devil's advocate for a second when it comes to making software. Why are you going to have an app? Like, you know, really, what is your upside benefit of that app unless you really need it if you're going to have to play by their rules? I mean, what types of features are you going to unlock that you can't do with, um, you know, responsive web design? Yeah, I mean, most of it is, you know, just ease, ease of use from mobile app perspective, getting in front of consumers that want it at their fingertips. It's, it's the number one thing from, you know, from our small user base that's been requested over and over and over and over. But until you find product market fit or you find out what the, you know, this usability and these, you know, user interfaces look like and design them, um, you know, outside of a small, tiny startup perspective, um, then, it makes it difficult. So for us, it, getting to mobile apps is obviously the end, um, but we want to make sure that, you know, we're pr putting a product out there that people want to use. They want to use it. And then we can spend the time on the mobile app side. And then hopefully not get like deeped by the store for any particular thing. R right. I mean, when you look at all the app, yeah, exactly. If you put in checkout carts, you put all these things and then, so you have the Apple store, you have whatever the Google store stuff is. Then you have payment processing, uh, Square obviously came out and said that they're willing to work with CBD related companies. Shopify works with CBD related companies now, a couple other platforms. But when you put on these things that when it comes to, I'm going to pay for this product, 
it, it becomes a little bit different in terms of what you're paying for. You're paying to buy cannabis, buy weed, all those kinds of things. Are you hoping to do transitions, transactions through your, through your website? Potentially at some point, those they're just opportunities, but it's like, you can't do everything. Um, so in all the different laws are, are, are different per state too. Um, well, like Green maps is available on uh, Google store, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I imagine yeah. I was thinking about your product and it's kind of like uh, toys, you know, uh, car first, uh, the cartoon comes out, the toys come out, but then he man fucked everything up and came out as a toy first. And then they made a cartoon around that. So you guys are kind of like, you got the website. It's kind of like Facebook. Facebook was a website first, but now it's primarily an app, you mm -hmm. know? Yeah. Um, you know, the same thing. I think with the catalog, it offers a good opportunity. And uh, uh, God, the Chicago market, though, I mean, that's just got to, you know, yeah. once you get that, uh, you can, you know, survive in any city. Yep, yeah, exactly. And so that's why our focus has been here and really trying to just understand how consumers want to use it and what what are the value add features, right? Like you, what we found is most consumers, they're not, you know, interested just in like, here's a joint, and here's a picture of me smoking weed, right? Like they want to know the value. They want to know the information, where to purchase it, how to purchase it. If they could get it by delivery, they would, but they can in a state like Illinois and some other states. So it's very, in each state's its own industry. So it makes it very difficult when you're developing, here's a, you know, you're trying to develop for a national model of like, but it, it's just not legal everywhere. And everybody's at a different perspective. That's pretty wild. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, where can we find Canatopia? Uh, you can visit us at canatopia.com. That's Canatopia with a K. Uh, and we do have some social pages that haven't got shut down yet. So. <laughs> All right. Awesome. And Miggy and Tom, where can we find you guys? Right here. Next Sunday, Wednesday. Hey, Tom, we're going to be here Friday, aren't we? We have a special episode on Friday. We're going to sit down with Rod Kite, a uh, cannabis lawyer out of North Carolina. If you need a hemp question, ask Rod Kite. And so we're going to be asking all sorts of questions about the new USDA regulations that came out for hemp and have really uh, thrown a curveball, and that's putting it mildly, uh, on the hemp industry. All right. Well, as always, guys, thanks for watching. Um, we'll see you later this week. Awesome. Thanks, guys. See you. Thanks, Kurt. Kurt. Cha-ching. <laughs>